Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Thursday, so I'm joined by the human wet blanket, Levin Black. Hi, Levin. Hey, Rob, what time is it? Game time? Uh, it's an hour late for when you scheduled this live thing. Did I really schedule it the wrong time? <laughs> yeah, you did. If you look at the comments, it's people complaining. And when I went to enter, I was like, ooh, that says noon again. Let me get in here. Oh, yep, there's comments. You really did. I don't know why I'm struggling with that. <laughs> it's really bad. Like, uh, apparently reading and is just it's killing me. I apologize, everybody. I'm I once sorry. missed a final in college because I wrote down 2 p.m. and it was noon. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I had to retake the class. Ken Dowsland says Rob said 10 a.m. in his 49ers in five seconds. He just always screws up the time when he sets up the live show thumbnail. Accurate, Ken. I'm sorry. I apologize, everybody. Uh, it is the second week in a row. I've screwed it up. Uh, it was supposed to start now. I apologize. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Niners play the Cardinals this weekend, of course. Can win the NFC West with a victory. Not to mention, of course, the number one seed and all of that stuff. So we've got that to get into. It's also a very special day, Levin, because it's Kyle Shanahan's 44th birthday. We can talk about that. Plus, we have a very, very special announcement that we are super excited about that we're going to get to in a few minutes. I want to give people time to join, especially since I screwed up the time. That's my bad. Uh, so we got a full house today. And Ben Solak just tweeted something out that makes me want to rip my hair out. So a lot going on. And there's not a lot of hair there either. So 
dude, I didn't need that today. <laughs> okay. I'm aware. All right. Look, I'm just desperately trying to hang on. I turn 39 next month. And the reality has hit me that this is a losing battle. Now, what would you rather have? Because my hair, I'm not losing any of it. My dad still has a full head of hair at 71. And I got same hair down to the same calyx. But I went gray. So would you rather go gray and have the hair? Or you got still pretty much pitch black hair just going away? No, no. Give me the gray hair. Yeah. I can dye the hair, okay? If it if there's if the hair falls out, there's nothing I can do, right? <laughs> I, I can change the color. That's not a big deal. But it is in full recession mode, unfortunately. But anyway, let's start with Ben Solak of the Ringer, who I greatly respect. I just had him on the channel a couple of weeks ago before the Eagles game. He's someone that has made me a better, smarter fan. I love his film breakdowns for the Ringer. I I just like him. I think he he knows so much more about football than I do. But he he posted a video on YouTube on the Ringer channel. You can go watch it. Debunking, as he put it, the case for Brock Purdy as MVP. And I watched it just before we came on. And I, it infuriates me, Levin. And I think the biggest reason is this. I have seen a lot of debunking, quote unquote, Brock Purdy for MVP. There's that video. There's people have put out articles. People have tweeted about it. This yards after catch stat, that stat here. You know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen a lot of this person should be the MVP. This per Here's why Dak Prescott deserves to be the MVP or Lamar Jackson or whoever you want to say. Why is it always, here's why Brock can't win it. I don't get that. I don't get the ringer. <laughs> they have an identity crisis and they always have. And it, it's why I think while they've been successful enough, they didn't quite realize all the potential when they first launched. Cause when they first launched, like they were the hip cool. I think everybody our age was like, yes, finally another option. The problem is, is they get a lot of people and they push themselves as like a data driven analytical we're going to be a more advanced type place. But then the people that do that, the Steven Ruiz, the Ben Solak, they want to be shockers and shock jocks when, when, with what they produce and they won't, it's like the data is showing you one thing and you're trying to skew it to another thing. Be consistent. If you want to be a data analytical person, be a data analytical person and listen to the data because they will determine or that data will determine your stance on things. But it, it feels like they determined a stance on thing on something with Purdy and they're going and trying to find whatever data they can possibly find to prove themselves right. And that's right. the wrong way to do it. Well, I agree with that last part. I do think that they, and Ben says in the video, it feels like Brock Purdy shouldn't win the MVP or it feels like he's not playing as well as he's playing. So I agree that I feel like they've reached this conclusion and now they're working backwards to try and support it. I don't agree that Ben is a shock jock. I don't think that that's what Ben does. I, I, I just don't. So I disagree with that part of it, which is fine. But I feel like people decided that Brock can't win the MVP and now they're looking for ways to support it. I, I just have a problem with it on the surface of, I mean, his whole argument is, well, everybody else is doing the heavy lifting. that, And his numbers are skewed because of how good everybody else is around him. Okay, where was that last year? Because Patrick Mahomes had a, he was almost no, I think he was last in air yards per attempt amongst qualified quarterbacks. Last. 
dead last. And he, he was way down, and it was only like six yards per air attempt. I don't remember the exact number, but he had a very, very low. Put it this way, Purdy is doing like, uh, I think it's almost two yards per attempt more air yards, which is crazy amount. Like that's a massive, huge swing. There, there was none of this talk last year of, oh, well, Mahomes is just dumping it down. He's just dumping it down. No, that, that wasn't the talk last year with Mahomes and he won the MVP. So, but now you're going to have that. That's what I mean by consistency. You got to be consistent in how you evaluate. And I don't feel like they are. They they decided something and Mahomes is excused because he's Mahomes. He's won it before. But the seventh round guy that we all missed on, coaches, GMs, analysts, everybody missed on Purdy. And certain people are saying, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to find data to support myself so I don't have to admit I'm wrong. We were all wrong. I've never been wrong about anything in my life. But I will say, if you're going to say Brock Purdy can't be the MVP this year, then what you have to say is no Kyle Shanahan could ever be the MVP ever because you still have Kyle and you have great players in the team. Even though Matt Ryan won the MVP with Kyle Shanahan, with Julio Jones, with great players in Atlanta, apparently Brock Purdy can't do it. We were all outraged by Matt Ryan winning MVP that year in 2016, right? Right? Oh, no, wait. Actually, we weren't. It's so weird. Joe Montana won two MVPs. He had Bill Walsh calling plays. Patrick Mahomes has an MVP. He has the greatest offensive mind of his generation in Andy Reid calling plays. Brett Favre won MVPs with Mike Holmgren. But now with Brock, that's where we draw the line. I mean, really, the only MVP in recent history that you don't have a supporting cast, super strong argument is Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's a one of one, right? No, there's others. Okay, Peyton Manning. Two Hall of Fame wide receivers, a borderline Hall of Fame tight end for his pretty much his entire career. He also had Edron James, Hall of Fame running back. He also had Marshall Falk in his first year, Hall of Fame running back. Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame wide receiver, should be a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Torrey Holt, and a Hall of Fame best receiving uh, running back of all time, in my opinion, in Marshall Falk, who was an MVP himself, which is rare amongst running backs. Mm -hmm. And you you have uh, guys like Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. He is a ridiculous wide receiver who's almost a cheat code because he's so big, even when he's not open, he's open. You know, him and DeAndre Hopkins fall into that same manner to me that, oh, you're not open, but you're huge, you have great timing, and you can jump. So I'm just going to throw a jump ball, and Rodgers was accurate enough to take advantage of that. You know, like, there isn't very many MVPs that didn't have crazy good supporting casts, whether that was a really good offensive line or Hall of Fame people taking attention and helping them along the way, whether it be wide receivers, tight ends, or running backs. There have been MVPs that have really carried their teams. For example, Lamar Jackson, when he won his MVP. And Newton. And Cam Newton. That was the other guy I was going to go to. There have been those. I, I, I'm i not denying that. But the vast, vast, vast majority of MVPs fall into the same category that people are trying to criticize Brock Purdy for being into. And that I don't agree with. You know, in the video, you can go watch the video. Not now. This is our time. 
But in our time. Right. Ben shows the Debo play from last week. And he says, you know, he acknowledges that Debo wasn't the first read on the play and that it was a good job by Brock to see him on the play. But then he says, well, Jamal Adams doesn't play this coverage, right? He's supposed to sink back. So it's really a blown coverage. So that whole play doesn't count because the defense didn't play it perfectly as if no other quarterback in the league ever takes advantage of a defense making a mistake. That is the weird part to me. We act like Brock Purdy is the only quarterback that's doing these things. Like every other quarterback, like Dak Prescott's thrown to a bunch of undrafted players, right? And it's always into double coverage. The defense always plays it perfectly. He never gets any yak yard. Like, it's just not reality. Look, I know you've had uh, Solak on the show recently, and there's a reason why you got to toe a line with what you say, but I'll call it like it is. What he posted is bullshit, and he knows it. He's a smart guy. He knows what he posted is disingenuous. I can't say the word. Disingenuous. Thank you. Disingenuous. Like he knows it. He knows what he's posting is a bunch of hogwash crap that he's skewing things to fit a narrative and get clicks. And that bothers me. And I'm going to call it out when I see it. I think if you were to put him onto a lie detector test, he would admit that that video was a bunch of crap. Wow. I'm not saying it because I'm worried about getting bet on this show. I, I genuinely, I, I know, but you and I disagree there. But if that's your opinion, that's fine. Antonio, <laughs> You're a little more PC than me. Put it that way. Antonio says I've noticed that people who are really good at breaking down film choose to deny everything unless they themselves see it on film. They blind themselves to sound analytics when it disproves what they want to believe. And then he also chimed in with, I'm going to trust advanced analytics that track 100% of the plays a player makes over some smart guy who covers five to seven plays that fit his narrative. But I'm sure Ben watches film. I'm not trying to turn this into a bash Ben Solak session. It's more about did the general narrative against Brock Purdy, because there are other people besides Ben saying these things. He's a Cam Newton just called Brock Purdy a game manager, right? And people are now people are saying, well, that's not really an insult. Yes, it is. Yes, it is an insult because what you're saying when you call somebody a game manager is that's the best you can hope for from them, that the best you can hope for from them is that they don't screw it up. And that's not what Brock Purdy is. For the first time in the Kyle Shanahan era, the 49ers have a quarterback where you can say, if the ball is in his hands, he can beat the other team. And I don't know what it's, I guess it's hard for people to adjust their thinking to that, but that's the reality. The the game manager became an insult because of the way it was used. And this is the way I look at it. If you call a quarterback, a game manager, what you're saying is he doesn't elevate anything, right? He, he's only going to be as good as the system and the players around him. There's nothing he does that changes the equation. He's not a difference maker. He's only going to be able to, oh, that guy's open, I'll throw it to him. It's not, oh, I recognize the coverage, I'm going to sit and wait. I'm going to buy time fading to my left out of the pocket to wait for Debo, my fourth or fifth read on the play, to get past the safety who I noticed was flat-footed. Kyle Shanahan said it best, and it confirms what we've been saying. The best skill Purdy has is the mental aspect of the game, and that's the best skill to have (laughs) as a quarterback. He's really good at pre-snap recognition, and then he's phenomenal and elite at being able to recognize things in the midst of the play. Very quick processor. And Kyle Shanahan mentioned that play, that it wasn't designed to go there. 
but Purdy noticed Jamal Adams was flat-footed. So in a split second, Purdy recognizes safety's flat-footed. It's a slower safety, recognizes who the player is, knows if I buy enough time and fade to my left away from the pocket, I recognize where the pass rush is in that same moment. I can I understand where the pass rush is. I can get to the left. I'll buy enough time, and in two seconds, Debo will clear that safety fully, and I'll be able to hit him for a touchdown. Like, he processed all of that in a split-second read of Jamal Adams is flat-footed. That's elite-level processing. And as Kyle said, that's the part that's really hard to be able to pick up on when evaluating a quarterback in the draft. What you're talking about speaks to, I think, a bigger issue with Brock Purdy and why I think there are so many people out there who aren't willing to say that he's the MVP or who are very willing to discredit the plays that he does make. Because with Brock Purdy, all the best stuff he does is this stuff that's very hard to see when you're watching a game on television. It's You can't see him get to the line and diagnose the coverage when you're watching on TV. We don't know what's going on in his head. You can't see him read the defense immediately after the snap and go through his reads as fast as he does when you're watching the game on television. What do you see when you watch on television? You see Brock throwing to guys that are open. You see Brock putting the ball in the right place and – Because of the way he throws, you don't see him throwing rockets. You see him throwing balls that have arc, that drop right in the hole in the coverage where they need to be. It looks easy. The way he plays the game, it looks easy. So you just think, well, he's throwing a really good players and Kyle Shanahan's getting guys open. Look how easy it is. But it's not easy. He just makes it appear that way. You can pick up on it on the TV if you want to. It's when you're purposely trying not to see it that you miss it. Like you can see on the replays, oh, Purdy's throwing before that break happens. He had he had a, a pass to Ayuk. It was early in the game. It was kind of what they got the offense going. It was a 20, 25-yard completion, somewhere in that range, where Ayuk's on a post. And Ayuk hasn't quite started his break, and Purdy's already got his arm going back to make the throw. Because he knows as soon as he makes this cut, He's going to be open, but I need to get it there fast enough because the safety is over there. And if I wait for him to make the cut, it's too late. It'll be an interception. And that's the difference between him and Garoppolo. Garoppolo would wait to see it open, would wait for the cut to happen. And now the safety's in play and the safety can get there in time. That's Mm -hmm. the difference. And it's a very, very, very key difference that changes a quarterback from being mediocre and having these boneheaded interceptions that you're like, what the hell were you looking at? to a super high-level quarterback that's hard to beat because he anticipates so well. Maybe you could see that when they watch TV, but only if the broadcast shows the replay. Yeah, and not only every pass, but yeah. That's what I mean. It's not something that's readily a- available. Whereas if you watch, you know, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, they drop back eight yards, a dodge two pass rushers, and then throw a rocket down the field. That's much easier to see than the stuff that Brock is doing. And I think that works against Brock. I want to point this comment that Brian Damage says, Levin, let stats have it. You guys have been agreeing too much lately since the team has been winning. Well, that happens. When a team is kicking the ass of the opponent every single week, there's not a whole lot to disagree on. Very oh, this guy's great. No, he's just very good. <laughs> Let's argue about how great he is. It's very, it's very frustrating. The the Brock stuff. It's just, 
it's hilarious to me. He can't win the MVP because of everything good around him, even though we've judged every other quarterback on the same standards. I mean, hell, look at Peyton Manning in 2013 with the Broncos. He did not have a laser arm. In fact, his arm was probably worse than my arm is right now. And he threw 55 touchdowns that year. Nobody tracked Peyton Manning's air yards that year. I didn't hear anybody arguing against Peyton Manning for winning the MVP that year, even though he was throwing to Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, Julius Thomas and Wes Welker. Nobody complained about Peyton Manning winning the MVP that year. So I don't know why we're doing it this year. It's very frustrating to me. And look, we got four games left. And maybe if Brock just goes nuts these last four games, the, the doubters will shut up. But it's very frustrating to this point. All I took from that was you trying to say you had a stronger arm than somebody. It doesn't matter who you name. You don't have a stronger arm than them. <laughs> I don't know, man. Peyton at the end was. Woody might be a gunslinger, but you're not. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know. I wore a plaid shirt on the show one time, and ever since then, Levin has likened me to Woody from Toys. And I, I noticed what you're wearing today. I'm going to wear the most basic shirt ever so he gets no ammo to go off of. I'm just All great. It wasn't an accident. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to the Cardinals game in a minute because uh, there's plenty to talk about this week for sure. But we do have a very, very special announcement on this show. Something that we've been working on for a little while that, you know, we had to sort of dot our I's and cross our T's and get everything in a row. But starting this Sunday, 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11, you and I are going to have our own show on 95.7 The Game. Every Sunday, 8 a.m., you and me, the gold standard hour on 95.7 The Game, the highest rated radio station in the Bay Area. How excited are you? Have you ever seen those cartoons where a rocket's taken off and there's like a cartoon <laughs> character just holding on? Yeah, that's me with you. <laughs> I'm just holding on. Like, let's be real about it. Uh, I, I'm holding on to the coattails when it comes to that because I had nothing to do with being part of it. Well, you have something to do with being part of it because you're hosting the show with me. Well, you know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't for you there, that wouldn't even have been a conversation I got to have with 95.7. I'm just super excited about it. I'm very grateful to everybody at 95.7 that's putting their faith in us and letting us do this. Uh, they, you know, they don't just hand out airtime. So I appreciate the faith that they're putting in us. I promise you, we will not let you down, but we're trying to get as many eyes and ears on us and the show and the right. things that we're doing as possible. So uh, we're super excited that, the, that we will be with you every Sunday morning, 8 a.m. through the regular season, maybe beyond. We'll see how it goes. But uh, that is, uh, I'm just excited to, that 49er fans and more 49er fans are going to be able to hear what we're doing because I think we do it as good as anybody else in the business. And it's going to be a special show. It's not, it's not. Oh, we're taking this show right. and making it that. So for the people in the Bay Area that can tune in, it will be a different show than you've gotten because it's not going to be, uh, you know, a podcast show or something on YouTube. It's going to be a special show for 95.7. Right. Exclusive content. That's something that you've heard before. So if you already follow us, you've already downloaded the pods. That's awesome. Thank you. But this is going to be something new. And we're, we're bringing the Woody experience to the whole Bay Area. <laughs> don't see. Don't say that. Now you're going to discourage them. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat for, for all your nice comments. We see you. Thank you, Angel, for the donation. 
uh, Cynthia, you've been with us from the beginning. We appreciate you. Uh, shout out to Cynthia and all our YouTube channel members. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. And if you want to go up to our next tier, I just added a new perk. If you want to become a Good as Gold member, you will get access to 49ers in five the second it's done instead of having to wait until the next day. So if you, you know, if you want to take that step up, it's there for you. But uh, big announcement on the show today. We will be on 95.7 The Game every Sunday morning. Did you purposely take that comment down that I put up from Bay Moran and choose a different one instantly? No. Where was I? This one? The congrats, guys? No. You keep doing it. There you go. <clears throat> I let them embrace the Woody, too. I did not mean that. That's cool. uh, thank you, Kyle. Thank you, everybody in the chat. Yeah, that's our special announcement. We're very excited. Um, Spread again, the word. Yes. Tell a friend. <laughs> tune in, please. Um, picked an awesome week to have a cold, huh? Yeah. You know, my my voice is going right now. I'll, I'll tell you that. That's why I keep drinking because <clears throat> my kid was deathly sick with like a flu-like symptoms and she must've gotten a cold while going to the uh, uh, ur urgent care on Saturday because oh. she got over the puking and all of that on Monday and instantly got stuffy. And then uh, I don't normally ever get sick. Like she's coughed right on me. I've never gotten sick, but uh, I had a dentist appointment yesterday and I think that allowed it to take hold because I'm feeling it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear it. No complaints. You're, right now you sound like the 49ers injury report. Yeah. That's we, starting to get lengthy. We can talk about it. Nine people, Levin, on the injury report for the 49ers, six of them on defense. So well, we don't know yet, you know, who's going to actually play, who's going to be out, but that's not ideal. And, and to me, the 49ers have two priorities the rest of the way. One, get healthy, and two, win the games. And I put those in specific order because they've already clinched a playoff spot. And to me, if everybody's healthy, the 49ers can beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. So, yeah, you'd like to get home field advantage, but the more important thing is health because if they had to go on the road for every playoff game, I still think they'd be able to do it. And that's why I'm a little scared going into this week with so many guys not practicing. Yeah, I mean, they're the team nobody wants to see. People would rather see that terrible Philly defense. They would rather see, I think, the Cowboys who – haven't been able to prove that they can get over the hump in the playoffs. They haven't done it on that level. Plus, I think the Cowboys, the defense has done well, but I think that they're a gambling defense that when they play a really good offense, they're more likely to give up points, and we've seen that in a couple games this year. The, the Niners are a team that even if it's a home game for you, your opponent's going, man, I want to play one of those two teams over there. <laughs> like, it, it's a physical game too that that's that's one of the parts of the Niners that everybody hates is that they're gonna wear you down and we've seen that in some recent games where second third fourth quarter the Niners start to really take off and take control and we saw it in the first game against the Cardinals you know we look at the final score and we think oh the Niners whooped them but in reality it was a one score game going into the fourth quarter I know like I said obviously the 49ers ended up winning 35-16 but Sometimes it's a one-score game, and then the Niners eventually pull away, and it happens later than I think we remember. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to get healthy so that we don't have to worry about that, right? Wouldn't it be nice to just go on one of these playoff runs where it's we're sitting there and cackling in the fourth quarter because we're moving on? 
You know, that we're texting each other like, hey, do you want to start the post-game show early yep. because the game's not in doubt? Like, that only happens in games that are not in doubt. Hey, let's go ahead and start a minute or two early. Those are the fun times. Those are the times when I really can tell it's been a good week. But the Cardinals have given up some of the most, the highest rushing totals in the league. I think they've given up the third most rushing yards in the entire league. Yep. So what I'm hoping is give CMC the ball early, let him run, build up that lead, and then hopefully you can take him out. You can put Jordan Mason in there or Elijah Mitchell. We don't know what his status is, but put the backups in and they'll still be able to. Elijah Mitchell. Might as well just keep him on bubble wrap to the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're right. But hopefully that's what the Niners can do. And one thing from last week that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, which is good for the 49ers, is Christian McCaffrey had his second fewest touches of the entire season last week. And the Niners still put up 30, still boat race the Seahawks. So if they can kind of do that again and and manage him a little while also still winning and handling their business, that's the best possible scenario. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, let's talk about the game a little bit. Like, this is the Christian McCaffrey game. Like, either the Cardinals are going to stack 10 in the box and just get boat raced deep by Ayuk, or they're going to try to play their normal defense, and Christian McCaffrey's going to uh, have maybe his biggest game of the season. He had, okay, first off, most receiving yards and most catches Christian McCaffrey's had on the season when they played the Cardinals the first time. So there's already a precedence here. He had four touchdowns in that game, highest of the season. Two weeks ago, the Cardinals played the Rams, who run a similar rushing scheme. Guess what happened in that game? Kyron Williams averaged nine yards a carry almost, had over 200 scrimmage yards with the receiving added in. And, oh, by the way, the backup, Royce Freeman, averaged six yards a carry and had 77 yards. They gave up 228 rushing yards, I think, in that game. So, like, this is the game that you come out and you just cram it down their throat until they prove they can stop it. And I don't think they can prove to stop it. So it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey game. It's probably going to be a quick game because the clock's going to be running continuously because it's a rushing game. McCaffrey had 20 carries for 106 yards and three rushing touchdowns in the first game to go along with seven catches, 71 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So that was when he absolutely lit it up. There's no reason to think they can't do it again. There's just no reason to think that. And hopefully they do. And hopefully they do it early, like I said, because to me, their biggest number one priority down the stretch is getting it as physically healthy as possible. And by the way, the last three matchups between these two, these two teams, the Niners had 38 points. 
38 points and 35 points. <laughs> the Cardinals never had more than 16. And one of those games, by the way, was Jimmy Garoppolo. So they did it even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I think there was a period when the Cardinals were the team that had the Niners number in the division. You know, because there, there was 2018. I think they swept us. 2020, I think they swept us. The last three years, it, it's been no contests, right? There there was the one-off with Colt McCoy that Trey Lance lost. But other than that one game, the Niners have been absolutely dominating them. And they've played them three times in the last two seasons, obviously, because the fourth one's about to come. And they've absolutely destroyed them. And the Cardinals have had no answer for this offense. So to me, like th- this is a game that the Niners should be putting up 30 plus. And that means in order for the Cardinals to win, they got to put up 30 plus and that's just not going to happen. I definitely don't think so. Nay Hayashi. Thank you very much for becoming a YouTube channel member. We appreciate you. I gave you the YouTube channel member fist pump. Love that. Um, are you worried about Kyler Murray coming back? It's a new offensive system. He's coming off the ACL. You know, I, I think that the Cardinals coaching staff appears more confident than Cliff Kingsbury and his crew that he had there. So how much is the return of Kyler Murray scare you? Uh, none. <laughs> he has not been good since returning. It's statistically, I think, his, his lowest quarterback rating of his career. Uh, he's just not been very good. He's inaccurate. I think he's only completing like 60% of his passes. The, the Cardinals offense improved very very minimally with his return it went from josh dobbs and averaging about 17 and a half points per game to kyla murray and now they're averaging they've averaged 19.75 with kyla murray still a bad offense still a towards the bottom of the league offense even with kyla murray like they're not even averaging 20 points with kyla murray and he's been back for four games so it's not like oh they played two games and that's it now they've played four games and they haven't played the hardest of teams either. They did just score 24 points and beat the Steelers the last time they played. So maybe they can do better, but that was a, a unique game because one, the Steelers are reeling. Two, TJ Watt got banged up in that game. That's the controversial game with his concussion and all that, where they gave him a a tinted visor because he was saying he was sensitive to light, yet didn't put him in concussion protocol <laughs> until after the game. So like that that was a game where I think Highsmith got injured, their other pass rusher. Like it, That's why they were able to get 24 points. Like th- This isn't a team that's going to get to 20 points against the Niners. It would take some extreme examples. By the way, the guy that scored two touchdowns against them the first time they played this year, Michael Wilson, he's currently not practicing. So whether or not he plays is up in the air. I think the biggest offensive threat, and shout out to Angel for becoming a new YouTube channel member. We appreciate you. Um the biggest threat, I think, offensively beyond Kyler is Trey McBride, the tight end for the Cardinals, who was not getting a ton of run there when Zach Ertz was there. Obviously, Zach Ertz is no longer there, which, by the way, when the hell is that guy going to make up his mind? Feel free to sign with the 49ers, Zach Ertz. But anyway, uh, McBride, I think, is their biggest offensive threat. Uh, he's a good player, but we have Fred Warner, which always gives me the warm and fuzzies. But McBride is third in yards per route run among tight ends and he's gotten 30 percent of the first read targets with kyler murray which is the highest rate for a tight end so that's the guy kyler's gonna want to go to so it might be a busy fred warner day good luck like <laughs> Ertz had six catches for 57 yards in that first matchup 
So he's gone. They're a worse offense than what they were then, in my opinion. So what are they going to do? Like, let's talk about Fred Warner and whether or not he should be in the defensive player of the year. I don't know if you saw my tweet about him, but I, I was looking at Fred Warner's season stats and I was struck by a thought that he's made a lot of plays at all levels. I wonder how many people have done this in a season. And so I put it in stat head pro football reference to see how many people did it. They only go back to 1999 in linebacker specific statistics, but I was curious because he has over a hundred tackles. So he's making tons of plays. He has four interceptions. So he's making plays in coverage down the field. He has three forced fumbles. So he's an enforcer hitting hard and he has two sacks, which means he's making plays behind the line of scrimmage as well. He also has five tackles for loss, but that was my thought. So since 1999, there's only been two people that have ever had 100 tackles, four interceptions, three forced fumbles, and two sacks. That's a profile of a linebacker that's making plays at all levels on the field, and that's why it interested me. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my tweet now. I pointed out that you could eliminate Davis and make Warner a one-of-one if you go to passes defended because Warner already, with four games to go, has nine passes defended, and Thomas – topped out at seven in that season. So it's truly like a unique full picture linebacker season where he's making plays all over the place. I I don't know why he's not in the MVP conversation. I feel like as much as the, or defensive player of the year conversation, I should say, as much as the MVP is a quarterback's award, the defensive player of the year is a pass rushers award. Yes. Yep. Uh, that year, by the way, Thomas Davis didn't get a single vote for defensive player of the year. It was Javon curse. He was first team all pro though. Champ Bailey. Yeah. And I think Fred will be this year also. Um, now Fred's been crushing it this year and he's been making game changing plays, the force fumbles, the interceptions, like you mentioned, I think he's got seven on the year, which is more than he's ever had combined. Those two things combined in a single the teabagging season. Uh, of DK Metcalf. That was a game changer. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fred's been killing it this year and Steve Wilkes has been killing it too. And, you know, there was a lot of consternation about Steve Wilkes and he said, I'm built for this. I remember him saying that because I was pretty surprised that he would say it, but he's been absolutely right. The 49ers defense this year has been phenomenal. It's been every bit as good as D'Amico Ryans or Robert Sala. It has like, that is just a fact. And he deserves to get credit for it because they are locking people down. There might be one drive where the team has a good drive, but after that, man, it is clamps. I I don't know if you saw the uh, Bosa video where he describes Warner. He says, you're a missile, man. You're just a (laughs) missile. That is a great description of how Fred Warner plays because you'll have this ball carrier or receiver with the ball in their hands after they've made a catch. And all of a sudden there's just a flash and it's Fred Warner hitting them. And it comes so quick. Like, I don't know how he does it. I, I haven't seen another linebacker in that way. Like even the Patrick Willis's, the Luke Keekleys, the Ray Lewis's, when they came up and made a play, like you saw them coming because they're huge. <laughs> Fred Warner, when he comes, like it's just so fast. He does look like a missile just coming in. And I don't know if he takes like different angles that are unorthodox or what it is because it, it still surprises me, even though he's been on, on the team for a while now, that all of a sudden he just – when you're watching the broadcast, he flashes in and hits the ball carrier when there's other guys that were closer and didn't get to him first. He's 
incredible how he's able to move around and anticipate and see things before they happen. He's he's right up there in this sort of linebacker like pedigree that the 49ers have kind of developed recently. He's different than the other ones, though. I yes. Will say. I mean, in terms of a great player, it's right. Patrick Willis, it's Navarro Bowman, it's Fred Warner. Chris Borland was only here for a year, but he was obviously very good as well. Come uh, on. Say his name. Who? The neck. Merton Hanks? No, Takia Spikes. Oh, well, yeah. Different I kind mean, of... He, well, he came in. He was already an established force, but he came in and was that first pairing with Patrick Willis before Bowman came onto the scene that gave them an elite duo. And the Niners have had this, like, that's become something that I think we all expect now. The Niners will have an elite duo of linebackers at all times. It's crazy. And by the way, I will say it. That neck that Takeo Spikes has, it's wider than my waist. I've, I used to work with him at ESPN. I've seen him in person. It's terrifying. It's way more intimidating in person. You're like, how? I've never seen a human being that looks like that before. But anyway. That's- Did you walk up to him and be like, your neck might be impressive, but I have a stronger arm than Peyton Manning. Uh, no, I did not. Do that. <laughs> Chris Maldonado, YouTube channel member, says getting ready to head to the airport and fly out to Arizona for the game this Sunday. Super hyped. Got a little snow in Colorado Springs, so I'm also ready for the warm. If we win this game, we clinch the division. Yes, that is one thing, and I'm sure Kyle is pounding that message to mm-hmm. them this week because it could easily be a letdown game right. with the Ravens game coming up a week from now on Christmas. Um, well, I don't know if I lost Rob or if he lost me. Uh, I'm guessing, can somebody comment whether or not they see me or they see Rob and I'm out? Ah, he's frozen. Thank you, Jason Tillman. So, yeah, it's Rob. Rob's internet pretty much went out. Has, has anybody else seen or heard him be like a little – I think his internet's having issues today. I've heard his his audio hasn't been as good. So, welcome back. We just lost power. I apologize. Literally, everything just shut down. Um, and I don't know what happened. We, I got booted off. I apologize that. Uh, but I'm back now. Did you well, miss Let me finish this. Uh to answer James' question, I did because I sat down. I never have before, but the strings were, they're like larger strings, and they blocked the uh, old school 49ers, and that drove me nuts. So I tucked them behind my hoodie. Super important content, but I wanted I to see. answer that question. It drove me nuts. Yeah, I see the whole the whole show went to hell as soon as I, as soon as I got Well, I didn't know off. if it was me or not. So to be fair, I think you're having internet issues. You were coming, your audio quality was coming in and out. It, you know, I got that very like uh, uh, metallic or whatever you want to call it sounding. And I didn't know if it was my internet and you're sounding bad because of it or your internet. So when you left, I had no idea. Am I still on or is Rob still on and I'm off? <laughs> it's just frozen. I don't appreciate these comments in the chat. Ken says, <laughs> I prefer to have your takes, Levin. Yeah, Dar- this was a mutiny, by the way. As soon as you went out, they saw their opportunity. Right. Don't tell Rob it's better this way. You guys are all jerks. I see how it is. Uh, no, I, I appreciate you uh, manning the ship while uh, while I was gone. I'm see, on the see, personal hotline. It's like line. Twix, right? Our show is like Twix. You're on the left side. I'm on the right side. And clearly they've chosen the right side is the better side. Uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm going to try and switch back over to the wireless. So what I was going to say is, and I'll let you talk, and hopefully I can do this seamlessly. Kyle, I'm sure, is drilling into the team. Hey, no letdown game. Let's handle our business. Let's lock up the division. That is sort of step one in the big master plan. You would hope the team takes it seriously. This has all the makings of a letdown game. 
And the problem is that the Niners, it's hard to drive home, hey, you can lock up the division because they can lock up the division by winning any of the last four games. That's the situation they're in. If the Rams lose a single game or the Niners win a single game out of these last four, the division's locked up. And so it's one of those cases like, I don't know, it would take like reading the team individually, whether or not you want to harp too much on locking up the division because they might be smart enough to where it falls on deaf ears because they're going, hey, we can lock up the division just by winning one game. It's locked up already in their mind. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that I don't know how much he's harping on that. What he should be harping on is you want a bye week? Win out. Right. That is definitely job number one, especially like we mentioned with the injury report, nine players deep. That should absolutely be the message. Gameplan.exe says, Switch remained loyal, Rob. We're planning to event <laughs> you. That's my people right there. Yeah, you got uh, JJ Zero from Twitch as well. All right, Twitch. Well, next time Rob drops out, I'll just like close the Twitch stream out. How about that? that that's just mean. Um, Shermanator Zero says, hat and t-shirt game. That's what it is this week. That's absolutely what it is. And we've seen this, this team have these sort of letdown games, right? Remember when the Falcons beat the 49ers? Was that 2019 when they went into uh, mm-hmm. into San Francisco and beat them on that weird play at the end in the end zone with Julio Jones and all of that? Yeah, and that, that was the game that like Kyle wanted his revenge because or not revenge, but you know what I mean? He was playing Atlanta for the first time and he lost. Right. So like they had motivation there or Kyle at least had motivation to push to them and it didn't work. And by the way, uh, that was Dan Quinn that he lost yeah. to, which yeah. was now the defensive coordinator with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, James Welsh says, if no other position is going to get serious consideration, it's time to change the MVP to the MVQ for MV quarterback. Personally, Stroud has impressed me the most. Unfortunately, he's still in the concussion protocol. So if he's going to be missing some games, that's sort of going to take him out of MVP consideration. Uh, that's just sort of the way it works. But all right, Levin, let's wrap it up before my internet completely explodes here. Do you have a prediction on the game? Uh, an easy listening Sunday feed up by the second half. Look, the, the Cardinals, they gave, they give up the f- most first downs in the first half in the league. They are a bad first half. It doesn't get much better in the second half. They're just a bad defense <laughs> They're I think they're third worst in the second half. But the point is like, this is a game. The Niners are one of the best at scoring in the first half. And the Cardinals are one of the worst defenses in the first half. So it should be a double-digit league going into halftime. If it's not, that's when I'll start to sweat. All right, this team might be taking it for granted. This might be the letdown game. So that's what I'm looking for. Prediction-wise, I'll I'll go 35-13. to I I think the Cardinals will have a couple – I don't think they'll be putting together, like, long, sustained drives. I think it will be a couple times Murray scrambles or like we saw in the last game where – they just had Michael Wilson make these deep passes and suddenly they were in scoring range. So that's why I gave him three scoring drives. Chris Maldonado says Levin is the goat, but Rob put Levin on much love and respect always to the whole gold standard podcast family. Thank you all for everything. That's a hundred. I love everybody we have on the team here. I'm so blessed that everybody decided to come with me after the whole SB nation debacle. So it's definitely a group effort and I appreciate everybody here. Gray Fox 198 says, Levin is by far your best co-host slash guest. Hashtag Levin the Goat. Hashtag Drop Grant. Is this your burner, Levin? <laughs> no. Uh, but you do have a burner. 
I mean, I am a gray fox, as we talked about with the hair. Oh, but no, it's not my brother. <laughs> uh, we all bring something different. I, I'm the plucky comedy relief in the middle of the week. <laughs> I'm well aware of the role I needed to play. It, would I be different if I was on Monday? Yeah, I probably would. Honestly, like I adjusted and we've had that conversation in text. I adjusted to what I felt was needed. And that's kind of how I try to play the, the co-host role. You don't need a whole bunch of analytical stuff from me because I'm not on Monday. That is something that is going to be done a lot better on that show under review than by me. Uh, you don't need the hot takes. You get that on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're telling me you'd be different on Monday? Would that mean you wouldn't be an asshole? Uh, I would probably still be a little bit. I mean, some of that's inherent to me. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that's just, you know, my awesome sparkling personality, mm -hmm. but I would, I would be a lot more analytical and it would be a lot more about, all right, let's break down the game that just happened. Whereas I fit in this, Michelle brings the betting and the like end of week going into the game. And like I said, you have the Monday uh, review of what happened. You have the Wednesday midweek hot takes. And so I fall in the middle there and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to step up the comedy and mess with Rob a little bit and be a change up because by Thursday, I figure most people are sick of hearing you. And so I need to take you down a notch so that they can listen to you yet again. Let me tell you, if this is you stepping up the comedy, you better bring a ladder to the next show because it is severely lacking. Before we wrap up well, again, everybody but Twitch disagrees with you. Just one more time before we go. If you're just chopping in the stream, thank you. Special announcement 11 and I are going to be joining the 95-7 The Game family on Sunday morning, 8 a.m. for the rest of the regular season and maybe beyond. You'll catch Levin and I. It's a brand new show. We're going to call it the Gold Standard Hour on 95-7 The Game, the highest-rated sports station in the Bay Area. We're super pumped about it. Thank you, everybody, for the support, and thank you to 95-7 The Game for adding us to the family. We cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun. It's new content, not a re-airing of a podcast. It is a new show so thank you, everybody. Catch us there. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We appreciate it. Go Niners. And we'll talk to you on Sunday morning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.